Buying a business is not as difficult as you think, and there are too many myths out there that only millionaires can buy them. Anybody can buy an existing profitable business without prior experience, and many times without using their own money. Arturo has started, bought, and sold over 55 plus businesses across 18 industries. He has coached thousands of individuals, corporate employees, service employees, freelancers, real estate investors, retirees, homemakers, and many others in buying businesses and transforming their lives. And you can too. And to help get you started, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. So in this episode, it's going to be a little bit off script and it may not be as structured as previous episodes, because I'm actually recording this as I'm driving, and I want to talk about two deals that I'm considering, two possible purchases, uh, and talk about the pros and the cons of each one, uh, just so you guys can get an insight as to how I analyze deals, or at least deals at this stage, because we're certainly not at uh, at the latter stages of a business purchase. We are still somewhat at the beginning stages of a business purchase. So the two deals that I'm looking at are, one is a restaurant. Uh, it's an established restaurant. It's been around for about eight years, uh, fairly you know, fairly stable. Uh, it's doing about three, 3.1 to 3.3 million in sales, uh, but it's doing very low profitability for a restaurant. Uh, and the owners are 100% absentee. It's in a great location, uh, but it's uh, only making about $100,000 in you know seller's discretionary earnings. Uh, yet the sales have been uh, pretty consistent barring COVID when, uh, of course, there was inconsistent sales as, as they had to shut down and they had to reopen slowly after um, the shutdown. So, of course, that affected operations. But barring that one year's, the sales have been very consistent, so there is a good degree of stability in the sales, meaning the market has accepted the concept, the market has accepted the, the pricing, the menu items, the decor, uh, to the point where year in, year out, the restaurant is doing pretty much the same amount of sales every single year. You know, with the, you know, maybe a hundred thousand more or less depending on the year. Uh, so from a sales standpoint, it's a great, uh, it is a great deal that, uh, that I like because there's a, there's stability, there's predictability in the sales. Um, and in, in the restaurant industry, having predictability and consistency in sales is actually a big positive. So that's a big positive to this deal. The big negative is that it's not making that much money. And we'll talk about uh, the price in a second here to highlight why this would be a negative. So it's doing about $100,000 in seller's discretionary cash flow. So meaning they're doing you know, less than you know, two, three, 4% of uh, total sales as net margin, right? Or benefit to the owner. That's extremely low. A restaurant should be doing 15, 17%. So you can look at it from two angles. Uh, one, it's, uh, it's, it's not a good purchase. Or two, there's a lot of upside. And I'm looking at it from the sack and the ladder, which there is a lot of upside. 
But that means I'm going to have to do some magic operationally. Now, to add to this, to give you more context, the owners are totally absentee. So they are, they are not day, at the, the operation day-to-day, right? They have general managers and assistant managers that have been running the operations since they opened the restaurant. The owners have many, many other businesses. They have uh, a lot of bars, and I, I don't want to get into their portfolio. Suffice, suffice it to say that they're very, um, they're very successful businessmen, and this concept was a little bit different of what they're used to, and they have not been present in the day-to-day operations, which gives me the idea that if I was to be present and apply some of the methodology that I teach in a program that uh, you guys have access to, which we call the reset method, where we you know, actually first set objectives and KPIs, key performance indicators, um, and then make those visible and measurable to the entire uh, organization and certainly the leadership team, then we can start managing the healthiness of the operation. That'd be the first step. The second step is to as you know, ascertain and implement processes and systems into the business um, so that it runs like a smooth operating machine. The third step would be to make sure we have the right people doing the right things. So to make sure we have the right managers, to make sure we have the right assistant managers, and then of course the right wait staff as it relates to this restaurant, the right bartenders, the right uh, bussers, dishwashers, the cooks, the chef, the kitchen manager, the hostesses, everybody that actually you know partakes in this operation. And then the last step is make sure that the management team, the leaders, in this case, the general manager and the assistant managers have the leadership skills so they can bring out the best in the team, which would be everybody working um, in this restaurant. And so if I were to implement this methodology, and of course, I'm, I'm summarizing this methodology, this leads me to believe that I can turn that $100,000 you know, SDE, seller's discretionary um, earnings, to a lot more, you know, more, you know, 200, 300, 400,000 um, dollars, and be at a 10, 15, 20 percent, hopefully net profit. And so, if you're looking at, at three million dollars, just to round it down, if we do 10 percent, that means we're doing 300,000 uh, dollars in net profits or seller's discretionary earnings. If we did 20 percent, that would be 600,000 dollars. And then you can do the math, any other percentages. But certainly, it leads me to believe that we can improve the current net profit. So that's why this looks like a good opportunity. What is the downside? The downside is that they may have already tried doing this, and there's things that you can't tweak. There's uh, Maybe you can't tweak the labor. Maybe you can't tweak the cost of goods sold. Uh, you certainly cannot tweak the rent. And those are the three drivers, the main drivers of any restaurant. Uh, those have to be at a certain percentage for any restaurant to make um, decent money and, and, and be a profitable business. Uh, and I will not know that till I actually buy the business. And here's another downside. They're asking for half a million dollars. And if it's doing $100,000 in net profit or seller's discretionary earnings, then they're asking for almost a five times multiple, which I consider that to be very 
high for the current cash flow because if I buy it, I'm taking the risk of being able to increase those margins. So I shouldn't be paying them a premium for something that I need to do anyways. So anyways, that's just kind of just the broad strokes of this deal. I did meet with the owners. Uh, the next step would be to send a letter of intent. Um, and I may be doing some sort of partnership or maybe buying 51% uh, with a earnout uh, for the other 49% and maybe buying that 49% uh, based on key performance metrics. Uh, that way I can mitigate my downside uh, and not uh, you know paying full price. Um, another thing that I'm looking at is obviously negotiating the price and I think they are they are uh, amicable to that although that is yet to be seen of course. And all of this I would spell out in a letter of uh, intent. Now, I would certainly will not be buying this if they will not come down on price because it's too high. And I would need them to come down on price and obviously also look at a structure where I can, you know, maybe take majority of the business and then take the other percentage once key performance indicators have been met after I had the ability to apply the methodology, which I briefly stated here in this episode. So that's kind of just some broad thinking as to how I'm looking at this potential business. So the upside here would be me being able to raise that net profit so that I can then later sell the restaurant at a three to four times multiple. But if I'm, you know, if I bring that net profit up to 300,000 or 400,000 or even 500,000, uh, which would be 10, 15, 20% roughly, I'm doing rough math in my head here, then the value of this business should be on the low end um, at you know at a three times multiple at three hundred thousand dollars would be nine hundred thousand dollars in value. So if I were to buy it at full price, which I which I will not, but if I were, I would be selling it at nine hundred thousand on the low end. And so that's a great return, and I could sell it maybe you know if I was doing five hundred thousand at a four times multiple, I could sell it at a two million dollar valuation, which would be more on the high end. So that's kind of the, the opportunity in buying this particular business. So of course, there's other elements to the deal that I would have to look at as I analyze a letter of intent. I may ask additional questions, may have a second meeting with the owners to talk more in depth about partnership possibilities where I own the majority, I buy maybe 51% and have an earnout based on key performance indicators without an obligatory purchase. So to see if they are amicable to that, we touched upon that briefly in our first meeting. And of course they say they're open to it, but once they receive the letter of intent, or even before that, I may need to get more granular on that before I do send a letter of intent. And if they don't wanna meet and, and they want to receive first a letter of intent to ascertain my, how serious of a buyer I am, then I may do that and then in the negotiation of the letter of intent, I will go into more detail, more depth to these you know, different variables, as well as other minor points that I didn't mention in this episode, such as is the lease assumable? Are there personal guarantees on the lease? Because it does have a high rent price and I don't want to have any personal exposure. 
So that is something we do need to talk down the line or at least be comfortable with. But again, I didn't want to go into much detail as to that because I think we first need to look at this, this business on the merits of the operation, the merits of the business before we go into the other things which can you know, turn into deal breakers. But again, it's not as important at this stage because there's no deal to be had yet as I'm still looking at the operations, the price of the business and what I'm willing to offer uh, and what in terms of price and structure. So anyways, I hope that's a good you know, way to look at how I could possibly buy this business. It gives you an insight into how I'm analyzing it. Um, and I did mention that I was looking at a second business. I'm going to leave that second business for a future episode as we've already talked a little bit uh, and got into more depth into this business. I hope this was helpful. Again, as always, thank you for listening. If you love the How to Buy a Business podcast, then we know you would love the Business Acquisitions Accelerator Program. Here, we have helped thousands of individuals buy profitable existing businesses without having prior experience, and sometimes without using their own money, in as little as 90 days. And we guarantee these results. Head on over to www.arturohenriquez.com forward slash BA.